0: Hey,
1: everybody. This is Nathan, and I'm here with Kim, my wife. Kim, say hi.
0: Hey, guys.
1: How are you guys? Today, this is the Birds and the Leaves, and we are continuing with our multi-part—we don't even know how many parts this is going to be—our multi-part series in which we talk about ourselves and where we're from. Sounds
0: so selfish.
1: I know, doesn't it? It's like, hey, yeah. you guys want to hear about us? No. Actually, the purpose of this uh, little podcast we're doing is we really want to be able to share from our experiences in ministry and hopefully, uh, you know, build a, a a connection with people who are in similar situations. And and so they can understand, hey, you know what, we're all going through it. And, you know, maybe there's some some possibility and open doors for interaction. But in order for us to get to that point, we thought maybe you guys should understand where we're coming from. So it's not out of a narcissistic need for, you know, hey, hear how cool we are because there's a lot of this that is not cool. Um, But to see how, you know, your story impacts down the road and, and, you know, the things that happen uh, definitely shape who you are. Would You would agree with that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think people need a little bit of history uh, from all parts of our lives to understand why it's such a passion of ours yeah. to help people in ministry, um, whether they're going into it, coming out of it, or yeah. in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, last time, last episode, we talked about your part two, which was a lot of your college years, and your amazingly awesome story of your run-in with the federal marshals and yes. a who was a criminal and everything and uh so it's been 2 weeks and so the yes. next person who gets to go is me and I guess I'm talking about my college years and I may have already covered yeah. some of this cuz I didn't go back and listen to our previous episode about me so if if we do I, I, you know I'm
0: pretty sure you stopped right at right high school Right at high school
1: okay well we'll get into it um so where do I even begin i guess college right
0: so you had you had a lot of jumping around, so I, as far as from college to college and where you landed?
1: Well, I not a lot, you know, actually. Uh, so like you, actually, uh, growing up in the DFW era, actually, a- area, I actually went to University of North Texas for a while. Um, originally, uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was one of those kids, smart kid in high school, but didn't really work hard. So my grades were okay. I wasn't going to get into any Ivy League. I wasn't going to be heading – I mean, I, honestly, I wasn't even going to go to, like, University of Texas or Texas a and I couldn't get in there. Um, but at the same time, there was a lot of immaturity, and my dad suggested that I take a semester off and just work. Well, I had this job at a movie theater and uh, in in our little town of uh, Highland Village, Flower Mountain, Louisville. And, uh, so I decided I was going to, you know, continue to work in the movie theater. I was actually the projection manager, which was a great job because I'd come into work every day. I was working 40 hours a week and, uh, I don't remember if I was putting any money away. I don't think so. I did buy my first car at this time. You know, it was a $500 car. Uh, it was a Pontiac 6,000. It was some guy's, uh, uh corporate car. So it ran. That's all I needed. And so um, I'm working in the movie theater. Uh, I made a lot of friends there. Made some friends that probably weren't the best influence on me, uh, but it's, you know, spent a semester just working, putting money away for school, and right. uh, you know, it was fun. Uh, you know, I, I love movies, and so being able to sit upstairs in a projection booth where you work a ten-hour shift, you're only really working about three hours, right. you know, um, was good. And it allowed me just to kind of get some of that out of. My, I felt like get some of that out of my system, some of that immaturity out of my system. What I'm going to find out. Is it wasn't quite all gone. Um,
0: <laughs> I think we all felt that way yeah, going into I college, think we all right? Felt that
1: way, but uh, so uh, I actually started uh, college a semester after everybody who I graduated with, pretty much. And so um, I started at uh, University of North Texas um, in the spring and took the basic courses and pretty much almost flunked out. I think I had a one point five grade point average at the end of the semester. I I actually. Uh, I failed workbook math not because I was not good at math, but because I just didn't do it. And I'm not good at math, but I should have been able to pass that one. Uh, I remember I missed an entire history exam because I just didn't oh, get out of bed. Yeah, right. I didn't get out of bed and forgot there was an exam. I was skipping classes all the time. If they gave you a uh, allowable number of classes, I took them all. You
0: were right on the edge. I of I was that. right on the
1: edge of that. Yeah. I mean, I for being someone who later, uh, you know, graduated with an English degree, my writing teacher hated me. He told me I was the worst writer he'd ever seen. And, right. uh, so, you know, it was just one of those things that the first semester, while it was fun, and I did have a lot of fun, I think. I had friends who went there. We carpooled together, and it was, you know, uh, it was just something that we enjoyed. I It just was not a good uh, year. Now, I was able to come back the next year. And I think the thing I hated the most was, like, classes where you went to class and then you had a lab. That you had to go to because it's like, I've already been in the class once. Why do I need to keep going back? Because the labs are like one day at the stupidest time. Right. And I just want to be out with my friends. I just want to be back in my town. I guess I'm more of a homebody. So You don't say. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a homebody. So (laughs) I want to be there. I don't necessarily want to be at school. And it's a commuter school, so I'm 30 minutes away. It's not like, I think if I was living on campus, it would have been a different story. Or at least living closer. Nah. No, it was because we'll get to that. (laughs) It would have been. So, um, you know, the next semester was better. I did pretty good, you know, going forward. I started Mm -hmm. to wasn't I wasn't like killing it, but I was I was at least getting, you know, threes, 3.0s, things like that. You know, 3.5s. I had a couple of good semesters. At this time, I started working. um, We had gone to summer camp in Colorado when I was in high school. And I loved it. So my senior year, I found out that the camp director had uh, been kind of watching all the senior guys, uh, kind of scouting who his next counselors would be, kind of how Mm -hmm. we handled situations and what kind of character we had. And so I applied and I got hired at this camp uh, in Colorado. Uh, It's Horn Creek, in case anybody wonders. And uh, so I got my first Camp counselor job. It was about a month. You, you know, you go out for four weeks in, in July. I loved it. I always look forward to it because I got to go out for a month in Colorado, which is awesome. You're staying up in the mountains. It's beautiful weather. You get to hang out with kids, and that's kind of where I started. I'd always thought maybe um, I would want to go into ministry. I had a great youth pastor. Um, and when we moved to Texas, um, you know, we talked about, I had gotten myself in trouble and and really when I moved to Texas is when I really started growing, I think. And part of that was just, you know, this interest in maybe going into student ministry at some point. Right. And I think the camp thing was what, uh, was what really got me going on that. And so, you know, in between coming home, you know, going to school, it was pretty low key. I didn't date in high school. Um, I didn't really date. I, I had my first real girlfriend, uh, at this time in college and it, yeah. she was a friend of one of my friends and we were pretty serious
0: and her first name was, now, I'm not
1: going to give her first name because we said we will protect the <laughs> <You're> anonymity <right. laughs> of everyone, but she's really awesome. Yeah. Um, it wasn't one of those situations where it was, it was, uh, unhealthy or, or toxic or anything. She's great. Right. Um, you know, very loving, caring person. Uh, my parents really, really liked her. Um, and at this time, I'm kind of having this uh, this restlessness of what I want to do. And uh, I decide, um, and this may be a little bit before I started dating this girl, but I made up this crazy notion with a couple other of the girls at our church that we were going to move to Colorado because we love it so much out there and, like, rent a house and live in it. It's like a threes company situation. It was just bizarre yeah. that we thought this would be a good idea. And... Uh, I remember all the parents are kind of in an uproar, but I'm the oldest one out of them. You know, they're my brother's age.
0: You're the mature one.
1: I'm the mature one. So I got about three years and I'm all in on this. And my dad sits me down and he's like, you know, you really think this is a great. And he never said no. That was the thing. He never said don't go. He just said he helped me think through it. The words of wisdom. Yeah. You really think this is a good idea? Mm -hmm. He said, if you really want to go somewhere, why don't you just go out to Lubbock and go to Texas Tech? That's where some of your friends are going to be going. Why don't you just do that? And I went, oh, you know what? That might, be. I've never been to Lubbock. I don't, mm-hmm. I've heard of it. And I've heard you don't ever want to go there. But I knew Texas Tech was a school, but i never knew anything about it. So I go out there and I visit. I love it. I fall in love with it immediately. It was awesome. It was an 11 hour drive because the roads iced over. It's only five hours. You don't know. It's only five hours to Lubbock. It right. took 11 because the roads iced over on my first trip out there. And uh, so we get out there. I fall in love with the school and I said, this is where I want to go. I go back and I tell these two girls, like, look, we're too young to be doing this and, you know, kind of call that off. And uh, the parents really appreciated that I did that. <laughs> I kind of became a hero a little bit in my own mind. So I move out to Lubbock and uh, I think that was probably the moment where I think I really started to kind of grow up. I mean, I still did a lot of stupid stuff, right? but this girl and I were dating and you know, it's, it's one of the biggest regrets of my entire life because uh, she's super sweet. She's really awesome. But as we started to get more and more serious, I've gotten, and I think a lot of us did this in the nineties growing up Mm -hmm. as church kids, um, I didn't know necessarily where she was spiritually. And so while but she's starting to kinda listen and hear, you know, my dad is talking with her or my mom and she's kind of starting to hear what we believe. And um, you know, there's this little bit I, I won't say like blatant evangelism, but at least like, hey, you know, she's starting to hear a little bit more about the gospel and
0: right. she
1: seems at least uh, amenable to listening. You know, yeah. I, I don't think she wasn't like, she wasn't an atheist. She wasn't, uh, you know, anything like that. She was listening. Mm-hmm. And, but then I got it in my head. It was like, okay, if we get married and she doesn't believe, and, you know, and all that garbage, right. You know, I, I made a big, huge mistake and I broke up with her over mm. the phone. It was, you know, because of this panic. And I look back on that and I do yeah. regret that because it hurt her enough that, um, I think that turned her off to, right. uh, you know, I don't know if it turned her off completely, but I know at least it was just it, at the, at the, at the very, very, and it's not even, I don't want to minimize it. I mean, I hurt her and I didn't want to do that. Right. Uh, and I hurt her really bad. And and so I don't think you're listening, but I'm sorry. I was wrong. So, <laughs> uh, you know, to this day, it's something that I regret yeah. tremendously, but,
0: yeah.
1: you know, we got past that. And uh, this was my first year. I'm living on campus. I'm living on campus and I'm like 21. Like
0: everybody's yeah. kind
1: of moved off, right? They're, they're living off site and, and I move in and I'm on campus. Okay. And so it's this weird thing because I can't afford to have my own apartment. Uh, and, and we're talking about the cost of school. And My dad goes, well, you know what? Here's I'll make you a deal. He said, you should be an RA. And I knew the resident advisors on the floor. I was like, I don't want to do this job. But he goes, but you get free room and board. Right. And you get a free meal plan. Yeah. And he goes, if you will try to get that job, I'm going to feel more comfortable about paying tuition because it's a lot for you to live on campus. Right. And I had a job at the time. I worked in the dining hall, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a horrible job. But So I apply for the RA job and I don't get it. Right. And looking back on hindsight, uh, I realized that probably the part of the reason why I, I didn't get it was I was very explicitly talking about my faith. And, oh, uh, right, yeah. And so, right. you know, you come across a certain way and, uh, maybe I was a little bit, you know, too aggressively, like, you know, I would do this and that. And, you know, so I didn't get the job right away. Uh, and so I was pretty bummed out. We were trying to figure out, I had a, you know, I, I signed up for a room for the next year and everything. And it's the day I'm moving out to go back home and I get a call, uh, from uh, the director of one of the buildings, and she offers me a position. Say so we yeah. like, she said the previous guy dropped out. We would like you. You were next in line. Would mm-hmm. you come? I agree to become an RA. And ultimately, being an RA ends up being like the greatest job I had in college. I love right. it. You know, we. Uh, and, and I found out, and, and I think I had a really good reputation with the staff, you know, mm-hmm. and it was fun and I made a lot of good friendships. In fact, it's, it's interesting that one of our friends now yep. uh, that I got to work with years and years and years later uh, at a church, turns out that uh, they lived in that building, or at least the, her husband did, and was a couple floors down at the same time. So I was an RA when we were all in school together. We didn't yep. even realize it, which is kind of funny and really cool. So I do the RA thing, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting this English degree, and uh, I'm about ready to graduate. I've had, you know, I've had a couple of girlfriends while I'm there. One of them was not good and very toxic and very unhealthy, and one of them really was, uh, again, another one of these where she was a great—she is a great girl. She is—it uh, was it was a great, uh, fun time dating— um, but I'm getting ready to graduate, and so it's kind of like, okay, so what? You know, I'm graduating. She's younger than me. She's going to be in there a while, and I'm making up my mind, and I'm thinking, how am I going to get a job in a school teaching when my boss calls me in? And she says, you don't need to be a teacher. And, of course, you know, somebody says that, what's your first thought? Your first thought is, oh, I'm terrible, right? I'm not going to be a good teacher. She said, you don't need to be a teacher because it would kill you to have to send the students home every day. She said, you want to be around them all the time. Right. She says, you actually care and you really want to be around them. So she said, you need to go be a hall director. It's like, what, you're, I'm looking at her going, your job? She's like, yeah. So I, go, <laughs> so I think about it and I decide that that's what I want to do. Because it feels like at this time, uh, you know, one of the things that's going on is my friends are involved in college ministries. I'm a little bit on the periphery of this college ministry because the RA job was, took a lot of time. And uh, they're getting to be leaders and stuff and get, start to get plugged into ministry. They're getting to volunteer and, and chaperone and all this kind of stuff. And I'm starting to get really frustrated because I feel like that's what I really want to do. But it felt like every time, uh, every time that door felt like it was opening, it would get slammed shut. Right. And, uh, and so I'm starting to get super frustrated and very discouraged. And so when she tells me this... It, it's almost like, okay, somebody recognizes something that I'd never considered. And so this might be the first time someone outside my family is sitting there saying, this is what you're good at. And so I, you know, I go off to this, so I decided to take a chance on it. I go off to this job fair in Oshkosh, Wisconsin in the middle of winter, which let me tell you, that's a garden spot in the middle <laughs> yeah. of winter. Yeah. And uh, I interview with a bunch of schools, University of Alaska, you know, all these different places, place in Kansas and whatnot. And I get this uh, interview with this school uh, in Statesboro, Georgia, called Georgia Southern. And the guy who's doing the interview uh, had been on staff at Texas Tech when I first became an RA. So I actually knew who he was. And I think I'd met him a couple of times. And so it feels like there's an in. And so we go through the whole process. And then right before graduation, they offer me a job. Uh, They offered me a job to come move to Statesboro, Georgia, um, and, you know, run a dorm, or I'm sorry, residence hall. Right. Yeah. So, to run this residence hall, and I get to work with students, and it's going to be a freshman one, so I get to work with students who are coming straight out of high school, which sounds really cool, but it's a little bit nerve-wracking. One, because I've never been there. I didn't actually do an interview on-site at the school. They did all their interviews by phone or in Oshkosh, and so... I accept the job. And I remember talking to my dad um, saying, you know, I don't know if this is the right decision. I don't know what happens if I fail. Um, And he basically just said, you know, do you feel like you will come out of this growing? And I went, yeah. He goes, then go Mm. do it. Right. He goes, as long as you make a decision, he goes, I back you on it. Right. And so they're also offering me a, like, reduced price graduate degree as part of the job package. So it's like, it's kind of silly not to. And it's it's a higher education administration degree. And I remember that last summer, and I think this is going to end up being another part talking about grad school, because a lot happens. A lot happens in that time. Because if I think I've grown in this time in college, which I have, and I've made some friends, this is kind of like what you talk about in the previous episode with mm-hmm. the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, you know, I went out to Georgia Southern thinking that everything was, this was like the, the the promised land kind of thing. Like my right. career is is taken off. This is what I'm going to do. It sounds awesome. And, you know, we often get sidetracked. Right. And mm-hmm. and at the same time, yeah. I'm still struggling because I feel like all my friends are getting to go off and do the thing that I wanted to. Right. But as I'm going to find out later, you know, I think this is, I think sometimes what happens is God takes this, the long road.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And this is going to be my long road. Yeah. And uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about that particular experience in detail. Because it, it's it's the lowest point in my life. If I had to pick a lowest point in my life, it would probably be that. Though there have been some low points since. Right. But I think that was the one that was probably the hardest.
0: Well, I think I think it's important to... Uh, acknowledge yeah. that people in ministry coming out of any sort of college, whether you go to DTS or whether you go to a mainstream college yeah. and want to go into ministry, ministry has changed since you have come out. Oh, absolutely. It. And absolutely. I would say it's four times harder to get on your feet, find a good job and just get started. Yeah. Like just, yeah. someone that will help you to start growing into that Mm -hmm. position. And so I really, sometimes my heart aches for these guys coming out of college, wanting to go into ministry and knowing that what we went through trying to find a ministry job was half as hard as what they go through right now.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I think what ends up happening is, and, and again, I'll get into detail on this is the experience of what I did in housing, uh, Gave me a perspective that was a little bit different than what the guys who were getting into ministry at the time that I eventually did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: I, I experienced things that they had not. But and I
0: think that was good. It I was mean, good, it was... and I ultimately
1: think that, and, and we'll get yeah. into that. Uh, but you know, I think you know, there's this, there's this idea that you know, uh, you know, you're looking for God's will, and when it's yeah. very, very clear, then right. it will happen. Maybe or maybe it still is his will that you go do this, but he's right. got to take you because he sees ultimately the things you
0: you need, you
1: need and where you need to grow. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of what ends up happening in this next part we're going to talk about is this is the growth period. Mm-hmm. This is the kick in the teeth. Yep. Um, And, you know, this is the thing that's going to shape pretty much everything going forward for the last right 29 years of my life right and
0: just to leave a little bit of an a hint at what is to come it involves a girl
1: well that is not me it involves several (laughs) girls (laughs) (laughs) but it also involves a lot of other stuff too right yeah so anyway all right well uh thank you for joining us uh you know this is a kind of a a a crash course in in our lives so there's so much more there and uh uh, we appreciate you guys listening. appreciate you continuing to listen if you are. Uh, once again, you can reach us at the podcastinglees at gmail.com If you have ideas, input, insight, um, we'd love to hear from you. again, uh, we're looking at down the road uh, putting a patreon out, um, yep. just a kind of a digital uh, tip, if so to speak, if you if you want to encourage us or uh, help us take this thing kind of to the next level, which we'd love to do. So um, yep. until next time, this is Nathan.
0: And this is Kim.
1: And uh, we look forward to uh, spending time with you again. (laughs) Bye.